This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery. Bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the 1912 Exiles podcast, the Newport County podcast that is made by the fans for the fans. I'm sorry, I can't stop smiling, um, partly because of our fantastic new theme tune, courtesy of Tinty the Bucket Hats, and also because of six points in the bag since we last caught up properly. Uh, my name is Ed. I'm on hosting duties tonight. Uh, a few of the crew are still away on their holidays, but I'm absolutely stoked to welcome onto the pod a man who isn't only a loyal listener who's been with us from the start, but is also the unofficial hype man of the podcast, always encouraging us on social media and boosting our fragile egos. Uh, so making his 1912 Exiles debut tonight, Mr. Hamid Balabadi. Welcome, Hamid. How are you doing? Hello, Ed. Thank you for having me. Do, like you said, doing very well after the six points in the bag. It's been a good week. It has indeed. Well, look, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Um, before Thank you. We, before we get into things properly, just tell us a little bit about yourself. What was your first ever county game and what's your favourite Newport County memory? I can't remember the first county game, but I've been around since the Conference South days. So, you know, I've been to places like Worthing Away and all these crazy places. A big county memory was when we were in the FA Cup playing Blackpool. I didn't get the goal to Blackpool, but I watched the replay because I was a bit younger then. So I remember the, well, I, for me, they were the good old days, but maybe some people say they're the bad old days. Good memories, all the same. Yeah, they're, they're good memories, I think, Conference South. Doesn't mean you want to go back to it, but it's uh, it's nice to look Not back yet. on it. But, you know, speaking of uh, of non-league grounds, the reason that you're, you're on tonight is because, uh, unlike me, you were one of the faithful who made the trip to uh, Forest Green Rovers last weekend, and they're marvellous. Uh, stadium at the new lawn um, in Nailsworth. Was that your first your first time there, or had you been there before? No, second time I've been there. About two or three seasons ago, I think we won four nil. This yeah. time we won three nil. So when I turn up, is a good is <laughs> a good sign. So it is what it is. There, Ed. Um, they do things a bit differently, and I appreciate them for that. The vegan food, I don't think, is too bad. It's something a bit different. There's no stand or anything. Oh, sorry, there's no cover on the terrace. But 
like I said, from the conference safeties, a lot of the places didn't have covered terraces. So not even Spitty Park, not every corner of that was covered. So it didn't bother me. We got a little bit wet, but the football kept the spirits high, let's say. Well, yeah, I mean, let's let's turn our attention to that because, I mean, it was a perfect start. Will Evans scoring after, what, 15 seconds or so? And then... Uh, something like that, yeah. Yeah, and then there was that peach of a ball from uh, Adam Lewis to set Evans up for his, his second. So, I mean, I don't know, yeah, let's start off by talking about that. I mean, has Will Evans' run of form surprised you? For me, definitely. When we started him at... Uh, Accrington, I, I thought uh, Coughlin had played a better place. So I was thinking that's they were left wing back. What's he doing up there? He didn't score that game, but things have got better since then. And confidence is there. His work rate is there. It always has been there. And against Forest Green, you know, after 13 seconds, ball over the top, the centre backs just couldn't keep up with him. It was like they were running in treacle compared to Will Evans. And after that, it was. 1-0 up and very uncounty like it was quite comfortable controlled we could have been 5-0 up in the first half second half we were absorbing pressure no problem Townsend's not really having to make a save few crosses his catching was fantastic absorbed the pressure and then hit them with the final one on the sucker punch you know just before the end it was fantastic great football great performance yeah, I mean, you well, you mentioned the the Accrington game where you know obviously we we were on the receiving end of the same score line three 0 and it, I wondered if there was a kind of comparison to make because the people who went to that Accrington game said you know the the score line slightly flattered the victors that day mm-hmm. you know County weren't terrible but one team took all their chances one team didn't and it was just one of those and I wondered whether that was the same sort of thing as at Forest Green, where we just, we took our chances. Forest Green had a had an off day. Or like, or did you actually think that they were, they were poorer than you had expected? They were poorer than I expected. When I saw the two teams announced, so they had Ryan Innes, who used to play for us. Um, they had Matty Stevens, who hit a ton of goals two seasons ago. So I was expecting, I thought, they're going to fancy their chances against us, little old Newport County. But didn't happen. Yeah, Graham Coughlin, he's he haven't got the biggest budget and we haven't got the most glamorous names on paper, but I think this season he's made the hardest working team, maybe one of the hardest working teams in the league. And that's so far is working. The high press, high tempo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Teams just can't keep up with it. I do worry if we had to pick up a few injuries over the season, we haven't got much strength and depth at the moment, it doesn't feel like, but so far so good. Yeah, and I mean, that high press, I know that the goals we got against Forest Green didn't necessarily, they weren't like the ones we had against Doncaster where it was sort of directly from that high press. No. But but you look at it and you go, well, Ryan Innes doesn't want to be playing with the ball at his feet. Um, and no. so if that's their game plan is to try and dominate possession, then if you put pressure on, on Ryan Innes, well, he's he's going to make mistakes. And that seemed to be the way that we managed to kind of uh, disrupt them is, is, yeah, just to put... Mm-hmm. put players fourth division footballers under pressure on the ball and then you know we were there to kind of profit from from the mistakes so I don't know was that kind of your reading of it yeah I would say that um Ryan Innes I remember him he was like a big unit of a guy good in the air not fantastic with his feet maybe Graham Coughlin knew that and we were playing a little bit of long ball but it was effective it wasn't long ball every time it was it was a good mix they used the long ball when they needed it and we got two goals out of it in the first half. And in the second half, we, we run with the ball a bit more. 
And that's how we got the penalty through running, no, no long balls, pushing them to make mistakes, which is what we seem to be doing a lot this season. Yeah. Oh, with the penalty, were you surprised that it was Lewis who who took it? I don't know whether you saw it because there was that lovely clip afterwards of um, Will Evans doing his like post match interview, and Coughlin turns up in the corner of the screen and asks a question. Said, "Why why didn't you take the penalty for your hat trick?" And fair play, Will Evans said, "Well, because if I'd taken it and missed it, you would have hammered me for it, you know." So the yes. the team that I did the team thing and let Lewis take it. So Lewis was presumably the designated penalty taker, but I I didn't expect that. No, I know Omar Bogle took a lot of penalties last season. It seemed that Will Evans was in the penalty area. I thought he was going to take it. And then all of a sudden, Adam Lewis stepped up. Well, it was good with dead balls. So I, I was as confident it was flying in anyway. So, yeah. But a hat-trick would have been nice. But we'll, that'll come, I'm sure. Well, I'm sure we'll we'll come on and talk a bit more about Will Evans um, later on. But, I mean, so, yeah, I mean, a great, a great result, a good win against... I mean, Forest. no one seemed to quite know what to expect from Forest Green this season because I was looking at the predictions and some people, I think, lazily and wrongly assumed that because they'd come down from the third division that they'd, you know, they'd still have some quality to them. But I think you look at it, they they had a bit of a, they had a poor summer with manager leaving, bringing in a temporary new manager, them leaving, you know, appointing late. Yeah. So it feels to me as though they've got they've got problems. But even so, you've still got to go there and, and get the three points. So, I mean, was, was there anything that you felt we kind of learnt from that game that we didn't already know? I was impressed with the work rate. I, I, I saw them against Doncaster at the, from highlights. And, yeah, it just seems that's our game plan. High tempo, high press, hard work. So, in our team... I, Will Evans is the star man at the moment, but there's a there's ten men behind him, and they're all doing what he did last season. The amount of work rate, they all seem to be doing the same thing, which is great. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, let's let's turn our attention to uh, today's victory then against uh, against Sutton. I know you weren't there today. I I was, but like looking in at it, what were your expectations ahead of uh, today against Sutton? I think they won their first game and I think they haven't won any since. So I thought yeah. if we play like we did against Forest Green, I had I was very confident we could we could turn them over. And it seems that the phys- we matched them for yeah. the physicality side of things. We've scored three three goals off crosses, which I don't think I've ever seen before. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's good we matched them toe for toe. I mean, it was it was a, an odd game. Certainly, like it wasn't the greatest match technically, but it was quite an interesting matchup of styles. Both teams favouring that kind of high press that we talked about. Um, I was on a Sutton pod earlier in the week doing their kind of match preview, and and we were joking because neither team has has had more than like thirty forty percent of possession in the games that they played so far this season. And so we were saying, well, maybe the ball's going to spend most of the time up in the air, which is basically what transpired um and in the first half it was basically all about winning headers and county were kind of doing some of that but our headers really went to anyone um and it sounded as though Copland was frustrated by that in his post-match interview he's bemoaning some of our passing play but you know as he put it it was a different type of game from some of the matches we played so far Sutton are always quite a physical side and if you let them bully you then you've you've got no chance so I thought we did really well to compete Physically, especially when you look at that back line, you think when you've got Adam Lewis and Shane McLaughlin, who aren't physically the biggest, although, you know, they're both battlers. I think the the problem perhaps in the first half was more up top when, um, you know, we were playing aerial balls to Evans and to um, Tara Palmer Tomkinson, which Sutton's centre halves dealt with pretty easily. And it tended to be the sort of the lower crosses into the box that caused the most difficulties, like the one that... um, 
that led to our uh, opener. Tactically, yeah, I mean, we're, it seems that we're sticking now with the same the same lineup as much as possible, and we're sticking with this four diamond two that I think we talked about in a previous pod, where you've got Bennis at the base of that midfield diamond protecting the back line. You've then got Charles Lee Morris in front of him, and then Wildig as a kind of auxiliary striker. Uh, Coco seems to like that. I don't know what what's your sense of that as our preferred system. From what I've seen this season, it works brilliant. They're a good blend, a good mix. Of course, you'll always need Bennett in there holding it together. But the three, the Chasley, Wildig and Brim Morris, they they seem, they seem to know each other. It's, it looks like they've played together for a long time, yeah. but it's not. They've been they've only known each other for a few weeks. And I remember, I think, when Brim Morris signed for us, I think the right from the Grimsby fans that he wasn't particularly anything special. Against Forest Green... He was a really classy operator, up and down, intelligent with the ball. I think he's a diamond of a signing, let's say. A diamond in the diamond. Yeah, I mean, they're they're all like, they're all players of a type, aren't they? You know, you can immediately see what Coughlin values, work rate, you know, terrific engine, all of those kind of cliches. But but it's true, and you see it, actually. It works really well together. And also, I think that formation allows us to get the best out of the players we've got, because Bennett performs particularly well when he's playing in front of that back four, um, you know, has perhaps a little bit more time to kind of pick the passes out. Although, you know, today perhaps wasn't the best exemplar of that. Um, but Wildig, you get the best out of Wildig as well. And, you know, we talked pre-season about where was the creativity in midfield and it, it's coming from Wildig because he pulls defenders out of shape, which leaves space for the front two, or if they stay back, then he's got the space to then run, run into with the ball. So um, that definitely feels like a, a yeah, a winning tactic. Um, I had to laugh today at half time. Everyone I spoke to the consensus completely was whoever scored the first goal was going to win today's game. Literally everyone was saying it at halftime. The bloke next to me at the urinal, the guy next to me in the refreshment queue. I saw Dave from um, Arastidion. Uh, I gather that friend of the pod, Rob Phillips, said it to someone as well. You know, everyone said the same thing. Whoever scores first in this game is going to win. Um, and Sutton scored first and we still went on and won the game. So it just shows none of us, none of us know what we're talking about, right? But like I said, we're not playing like traditional county at the yeah. moment. <laughs> last week against Morris Green, that wasn't very. That was cool, controlled, no real heart and mouth. I wouldn't yeah. say easy. No game is easy, but I wasn't very worried about not winning. And I think, yeah, we've what you and I, we've watched Newport County for a long time, and we've gone one 0 down at home, and you don't end up winning. It, at best, you might scrape a one 0 draw. So it's not often we see three one comebacks. No, I mean. It... Watching the Sutton goal back on the highlights, I think it was quite frustrating because Lewis was sort of dwarfed by their uh, their man on the far post. The marking was a bit slack, and it was a pretty easy finish. And mm. at that point, I have to say, I did think mm, Sutton now very very strong favourites to go on and, and win it. But fair play to Copland because pretty much straight away he brought on Bogle, and even though Bogle didn't necessarily have an amazing like half hour or so on the pitch, what I think he did, he kind of galvanised the team. Um, and it galvanised the crowd. Everyone was given a bit of a lift. You could see the players kind of puffing their chests out a little bit uh, with a bit more kind of belief. And we just managed to sort of find that extra gear. And I guess, you know, that's part of the point of having a talismanic striker. And, you know, we're lucky that we've got two of them now with Bogle and Evans, that it's mm-hmm. not just about what they do. It's about how the belief that they give to the people um, around them. And, you know, you then saw it kind of transpire into the 
the play because I thought the cross from Lewis for the equaliser was lovely. A quick, low cross at that kind of awkward height for defenders. Um, and yeah, in trying to get his head on it, Kizzy, I think it was, turned the ball into his own net. And after that, we kind of had our tails up and... Um, yeah, we just kind of kicked on, really. Um, mm. And and like you said, three goals, all of them from from crosses. All right, the own goal, you get a bit of luck, but good teams make their own luck. The other two crosses, I thought Charlesley and Evans both took their headers really well. Both of them technically really good headers. They weren't rushed. You know, they picked their spot. I thought the Evans one, that's the sort of thing he wasn't doing last season. You know, when Evans was playing yeah. front last season, if that cross comes across, he kind of rushes, he flashes at it, it goes over, it goes to the keeper. But you could see him go, it's it's like time slowed down and you could see him pick out, go that side because the keeper's going the other way. And it was just a really nice cushioned header in. And Will Evans, I think last year, he would always try and burst the net. Yeah, yeah. Where yeah. He's not doing that anymore. There's a confident striker there. He's taking his time. He's picking, picking his space. So... Yeah, it's a bit like night and day, isn't it? Really, from the left back, left yeah. wing back last season to the striker this season. Yeah, I mean, I thought the only blemish today was the chance that um, that Bogle missed when him and Lewis were clean through, and Bogle kind of selfishly tried to score. Whereas I think if he'd slid it across, Lewis would have had a, a tap in. And by all accounts, again, this you know, Coughlin said this post match, the two of them had to be like separated in the dressing room because Lewis was was fuming, which feels like a nice problem to have when you're like tiny left back is squaring up to your man mountain of a centre forward because he feels we should have won four one rather than three one. I mean, that suggests that the, the the team are invested in you know properly trying to make sure that we. We take every chance, and you know that's what you want to see, right? Definitely, I would expect Bogle to take the shot in any circumstances. He's the striker; he's fighting for his position at yeah. the moment. Yeah, that's true. If you would ask me at the beginning of the season, I would say Bogle starts every game, no matter what. These two young lads we got, Will Evans and Seb, the position's theirs at the moment. Yeah. Bogle got to get back in the team. So, yeah, I'd expect them to take the shot. No, I mean, that's that's a really good point. I hadn't really thought about it like that. I mean, the other thing that I th- thought was really interesting is the fact that Lewis was there at all, you know, because he's playing left wing back, left wing, but he, he's clearly more and more of an attacking threat for us. And I, I wondered whether he is basically doing this season for us on the left, what Cameron Norman was doing last season on the right, that that's, you know, where if we can, that's the channel we're trying to use to to get the ball forward. Yeah, I would go with that. Definitely. McLaughlin is a solid player, but yeah, he seems to do the the bit more of the water carrying, I would say, and which is fantastic, but which allows Adam Lewis on the left-hand side to push a bit more, get the crosses in. He's, it's dead ball, fantastic pace, great. So yeah, it gives him a ch- He's probably the better attacker yeah. between the two. So we want him attacking. Yeah. Well, and also he's so full of running that... He gets back quick enough, you know. If he if yeah. the the chance kind of goes astray or whatever, he's straight away pegging back to to cover the man. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's kind of the best of all worlds. Um, yeah, I mean, I was trying to think what we some of the things we learned from today's match. I think my main takeaway is that um, was the reminder that Sutton's manager Matt Gray is a, a complete muppet. You know, he's he's one of these managers who's just constantly like barking instructions at his players you know even though like they're they're professionals they don't need you shouting pass shoot quicker you know he's just constantly there like i did say if you had a dog that barked that much you'd have it put down you know he just doesn't shut up it did it did warm my heart to see him trudge off at the end looking all uh dejected 
I think kind of more prosaically, my biggest takeaway is that we've we've still got that 100% home record. We've now scored 10 goals at Rodney Parade in all competitions. We've shown we can come from behind to win. We've shown some real character. Like we need to not get too carried away because I think the sides we've, we've beaten are probably ones who are going to finish in the bottom half. But equally, we need to not get too doom and gloom if we have a bad September, October, when we predominantly play sides who are going to finish in the sort of top 10. So... Yeah, I feel like today was a, it's another good three points on the board. It's all good at the moment. I mean, I'm almost not sure what to what to do at this point. Last season, it wasn't much fun. It, we started off badly, finished strongly, but it, I think I was feeling negative. I tried to be a positive person, but I think when we lost our whole back line, it, it seemed that the writing was on the wall. But obviously, the manager had different ideas. Last season... When we were winning games, it would be, you know, 1-0, 2-1 sort of thing. But this season, we're winning 4-0, 3-1, 3-0. You know, we're doing it with a little bit to spare. All right, when it doesn't go our way, we've been on the end of 3-0 reverses at Accrington and, and crew. But the games where you do win, you do walk away with a bit of a spring in your step because you feel like not only have we got three points, we've actually dominated a game. Um, and, and it does slightly change the dynamic from when you've scraped a 1-0 with a, a penalty or whatever, you know, as we often did under Flynn, you know, you'd have games where you'd win 1-0, lose 1-0, win 1-0, lose 1-0. Uh, this is sort of that, but ramped up to 11, where you might you might turn up and we might hammer someone, we might turn up and get hammered, but it's... Um, it, you, you feel the emotions more strongly either way, I guess. Definitely. Graham Coughlin, he's putting his style, his mark on the team. Now, we were all told he was this hyper-defensive coach and it wouldn't be very enjoyable. And for parts of our season, yeah, I, I would have probably agreed with that. But now this is his team and he's building it. I like what I see. I think everyone else is liking it too. And I don't mind taking the odd 3-0 defeat. If we can win a few 3-0 away and the odd 4-0 at home, that doesn't happen very often as a Newport County fan. So I'm enjoying I'm enjoying the style. Style of football is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Long, well, long may it continue. Well, um, let's let's wrap up with a few quickfire questions. So, first of all, player of the pod, um, who are we going to pick for those those two games, Forest Green and uh, Sutton today? Oh, for me, I've got to go with the man in form. That's, for me, it's Will Evans. Yeah, no, I think I think it has to be Will Evans. I mean, if Paul Mullen was on this vein of form, people would be demanding that he got called up to the Wales squad. Um, I don't know whether Evans is quite at that level, but um, I do think that if he if he carries on this sort of level of quality, then we are going to have some interest for him come January. So uh, yeah, all hail the uh, the Flang Edwin Eusebio, as I'm now going to insist that we refer to him. Let's move on then to shout outs or beefs. Have you got any shout outs or beefs, Hamid? I'm going to give a shout out to the Forest Green pasty maker. It was a chickpea curry pasty, which was one of the best things I've had at a football ground. Yeah, I, I I don't understand why people get so concerned about the fact that there's vegan food. I mean, you know, there's there's still stuff that's nice that's vegan. It just means you might have something a little bit different from what you're used to, and it's like one game a, se- a season. So enter into it. No, I think that's a that's a great shout. I've got a shout out and a beef. I'll I'll start with my beef uh my i have a beef with whoever decided at half time today to uh to water the pitch um we had quite a few players in that first half slipping and sliding around a couple of miscontrolled balls because of all the water that was um being sprinkled pre-match 
it didn't end up costing us the game, but it struck me as quite a foolhardy decision to have stuck the sprinklers back on during the interval. So, um, yeah, that's one we perhaps, perhaps need to just keep an eye open for. Um, I want to have a shout out, though, about the release of the third shirt. Uh, I popped into the club shop uh, pre-match and that third shirt was flying off the shelves. Um, I overheard a lot of conversations where people were being really complimentary of it. Um, I also think that the idea of like printing the names of season ticket holders on there was really shrewd marketing by the club. It probably nudged a few extra people to buy season tickets so they get their name on the shirt. And then, of course, everyone who's a season ticket holder then buys a shirt because it's got their names on it. So, um, yeah, that was a good, like, joined-up thinking. We need more of that. And, yeah, incidentally, so my name and my two boys' names are on there, but next to us is a, a Barry Bridges, who is no relation as far as I know. But if Barry is a listener, do get in touch because I'd like to find out if we are distantly related. And, um, yeah, what a way to discover that through both having names on Newport County's third shirt. Uh, let's finish up then with predictions for the two matches we've got this week. We've got uh, Brentford in the League Cup and then Wimbledon at home on Saturday. What what do you think is going to happen, Hamid? Our squad is it's playing well, but it's thin. We always want to win, but I'm thinking, is it worth risking the first team as the stronger performers? So I hope that Graham Coughlin plays, gives a chance to the squad players and whatever happens in that one, I don't really mind. I would probably expect a defeat. Uh, but if we can turn it around and make it all worthwhile and we get a win against Wimbledon, I'll be feeling pretty happy again. Yeah, I think Brentford will probably be a bridge too far. I think they'll have a bit much for us. Uh, the thing is, even if they send out a weakened team, their academy is like frighteningly good. So I think they'll probably do us 2-0. Wimbledon will be a much more interesting test. I remember last season saying that they'd be like par side for us. You know, we, we'd be able to compare ourselves quite well to uh to them and we ended up finishing um higher than them if we can win next saturday and i think we will against another side who'll probably be in the bottom half then that that would mean that we'd be like a quarter of the way towards 50 points after just 13 percent of the games by my math so basically we'd be doing twice as well by this stage than we um would expect Again, I think the caveat is that we probably had an easier opening set of fixtures, but I think that's a really good position to be in. So I think we'll lose midweek, but I think we'll we'll probably do Wimbledon 2-0. I think that pretty much wraps us up uh, today. So um, thank you, Hamid, for coming on and making your debut. My pleasure. Our thanks also to Tinty the Bucket Hats for lending us a theme song. And our thanks, of course, to all of you for listening. Stay safe, look out for each other. We will be back next weekend to review the matches against AFC Wimbledon and Brentford. But until then, as always, keep it counting. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.